I would imagine that if I asked you, do you struggle with maintaining a consistent state of self-esteem? Many of you would agree. I can also say that when I ask my senior clients, Generation Silent, they usually have little or no idea about what I'm talking about. This was the generation who understood the nobility of sacrifice for the common good. Why am I talking about self-esteem when this episode is about self-compassion? Kristen Neff, most renowned researcher in the area of self-compassion, claims that self-compassion offers the same benefits as self-esteem without its downsides. Whether we admit to it or not, our self-esteem is often associated with attractiveness, successful performances, and is more challenging to regulate over time. Our self-esteem is an evaluation of our self-worth. Self-compassion is not an evaluation. It is about making judgments. And as I will talk about in this episode, it is about accepting and acknowledging our imperfections as humans. Welcome back to the Talking Your Way to Change podcast, the show that educates you about optimal mental health. I'm the host, Dr. Zan Banker. There are a lot of benefits to having self-compassion. Some of these benefits are more positive mood, greater happiness, more motivation and willingness to take initiative, increased curiosity, learning and exploration. Self-compassion is not self-indulgence. When we learn the skills of self-compassion, we actually stop asking the world and others to soothe our inner child. We accept compassion from others when offered, and we wrap our arms around the wounded parts of ourselves. Self-compassion is the way we approach our pain and suffering. Although it may seem like it's self-indulgent in how you relate to yourself, it is actually part of a journey towards being a more healthy adult. What's the alternative to be self-punishing or to shame yourself? Those negative practices do not motivate us and they create stories in which we become the victims and others actually are repelled by us. Self-compassion is not really different than having compassion for others. The difference is that it's directed to the self. Compassion for others means that we empathize with someone who is suffering and feel compelled to reduce the suffering. If we were to have self-compassion, we must at first become aware that we are in pain and then move ourselves in such a way to respond, to reduce this suffering. The three components of self-compassion that are studied are self-kindness, common humanity, and mindfulness of our suffering. Let's look at those more in depth. 
Kristen Neff is the expert in research and writing about self-compassion. She has a self-compassion assessment that you can take, and I will leave a link in the show notes. Okay, let's look at the components of self-compassion. First component, self-kindness. Self-compassion and self-kindness entails being warm and gentle and understanding towards ourselves rather than becoming angry or flagellate ourselves with criticism when we feel inadequate or we recognize our imperfection. Let's look at these statements and consider which one describes your inner voice. I try to be loving towards myself when I'm feeling emotional pain or would you endorse I am disapproving and judgmental about my flaws and inadequacies. Let's try another one. When I'm going through a very hard time, I give myself caring and tenderness. Or, you know, when times are really difficult, I do tend to be tough on myself. Okay, so that's the self-kindness piece. The second component to self-compassion is this concept of having common humanity. So how skilled are you at remembering that all humans suffer when we are frustrated? The very definition of being human means that we are mortal, we are vulnerable and imperfect. Therefore, self-compassion involves recognizing that suffering and personal inadequacy is part of the shared human experience, something that we all go through rather than being something that happens to just me alone. Let's listen to these statements and see which one better reflects your inner talk. When things are going badly for me, I see the difficulties as part of life that everyone goes through, or does this statement better reflect your thinking? When I think about my inadequacies, it tends to make me feel more separate and cut off from the rest of the world. How about this? When I'm down and out, I remind myself that there's lots of people in the world that are suffering. Or do I tend to think that other people are happier than I am? Mindfulness is the third component of self-compassion. Mindfulness is where we need a balance between honoring our distress and not over-identifying with thoughts and feelings. We want to be able to observe and process our thoughts and feelings without becoming caught up and swept away into the negative reactivity. This is an art and practice is essential. Here are some comments. Let's see what you relate to. When I'm feeling down, do I tend to obsess and fixate on everything that is wrong? Or do I try to keep my emotions in balance? Do I become consumed by feelings of inadequacy? Or do I try to take a balanced view? One of the things I like best about Kristen Neff's work is that she uses a metaphor to guide our thinking about the energy that we bring to self-compassion by using the ancient Chinese yin and yang philosophy. This philosophy says that the universe is composed of competing and complementary forces of dark and light, sun and moon, male and female. The yin is the female aspect of your energy, and the yang is the masculine aspect of your energy. We need both when we want to transcend our pain and suffering by using self-compassion. And it is often that we are good at one type of compassionate energy 
and not both. Our yin energy tries to minimize suffering by nurturing, soothing, and comforting. And our yang energy is when we use more protecting, providing, and motivating to help us in self-compassion. Let's use some examples. What if I am trying to be on a weight loss program and I run into an issue over a weekend where I'm not really able to manage that program? If I were to use my yin self-compassion action, I might be more comforting. I might wrap myself up in a blanket or wear comfortable clothes. I could place a hand on my heart and say, you know, this is just really hard. I could remind myself that changing eating patterns is very difficult and an issue that many people share. I could soothe myself by taking a walk or listening to peaceful music. I can validate myself. You know, it's really hard to break habits and patterns of behavior, particularly around difficult emotions in eating. I'm not alone in this struggle. You know, a lot of people reach for food when they're feeling out of control. Okay, those sort of highlight the yin actions that we might take. What would the yang actions look like? Well, they might be more about protecting myself. Like, you know, it might be a good idea to not keep food in the house that I might find myself wanting to eat if I felt out of control. I might refuse to buy magazines or spend time looking at women's bodies that make me feel less than. I could set boundaries and learn how to say no in my life. I could take action to decrease like my workload. I could challenge the expectations I have for myself. I might decrease alcohol consumption because although it leaves me feeling better in the moment, the next day I know that it makes my mood crash. Or I might provide something to myself. I could find activities that bring pleasure to my body, such as massage, putting on lotion, stretching. Maybe I could seek out therapy. In thinking about yang self-compassion, Another way to consider it would be to think about yourself as mama bear to yourself, right? It might be about protecting and implementing boundaries between yourself and others. It could also be standing up even when you're afraid and advocating for yourself. If you had been a victim of sexual abuse or sexual assault and you confronted the perpetrator or went to some sort of form of litigation, that would be using your yang energy. The final category of yang energy in relation to self-compassion is about how we motivate ourselves. At times we can feel afraid, frustrated, or just stuck. Developing our inner coach is vital to motivation. We want to call up energy and say to ourselves, this needs to change. My life or this behavior is not working and I need to do something different. You might write a letter to yourself to encourage this change. Reading about how others have overcome adversities is also a great strategy. Finally, 
we can look to yoga poses for other illustrations of yin and yang energy. Child pose illustrates bringing that yin energy to ourselves by resting, while warrior pose is an example of yang energy where we are finding strength and power in our muscles to build heat and activity. I want to leave this episode with some mantras that you could use in self-compassion. So if you were working on becoming more kind to yourself and you don't have the language for it, here are some statements. May I be kind to myself in this moment. May I hold my pain with tenderness. May I be gentle and understanding with myself. If I want to remind myself about my humanity, I could say, suffering is a part of life. Everyone feels this way sometimes. This is a part of being human. And finally, in the mindfulness category, we could say to ourselves, this is a moment of suffering. I am having a really hard time right now. It's painful for me to feel this now. Hopefully, I've given you a bit of an incentive to start your own journey toward self-compassion. Again, I will leave resources in my show notes for Kristen Neff's work on self-compassion. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker. Thanks for joining us this week on Talking Your Way to Change. You can also visit our Facebook page. You can subscribe to the show on Anchor or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or you could just simply tell a friend. I need to alert everyone that this podcast is not meant as a substitution for mental health treatment. So although the podcast deals with psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker.